The Gadget Guide on Cambridge 105 Radio. Welcome to The Gadget Guide. We're going to be talking a little later about health trackers. How do you uh, how do you keep track of all those steps and, well, everything else you might be doing? First of all, though, a uh, quick look at what's going on in this week's technology news. Uh, and it's uh, the, the annou- announcement of the sad demise of Hurdle. Well, that's just a little bit unfortunate. I, I know, and... To be fair, I think yeah, th- this was if you've not played Hurdle, it was one of the spin-offs of of Wordle, um, which was one of the the sort of guess in this many guesses games uh, that that kind of went mad around the internet. Uh, I guess about a year or maybe two years ago, um, and Hurdle was you got one second of a song, then you got two seconds, four seconds, sixteen seconds to guess the the song, the artist. Tremendously successful, um, and it got acquired by Spotify about a year back. They've now decided that they're not going to continue it, which interesting. I wonder if it's yeah, a licensing thing. Well, I'm. Su- <laughs> I don't think it is. In that they've kind of you know, if anyone's going to have a whole load of music licensing agreements in uh, in place, Spotify are going to be them. Um, they they say they just want to focus elsewhere, which I I I understand. The technology sector is going through a little bit of a tough time at the moment. But wow, and they they paid a reasonable amount of money for it, and they've presumably just written that investment off. Um, a little over a year later, I'm I'm a little surprised. Uh, there, there's plenty of if you are still a Hurdle fan, there's plenty of alternatives. Hurdle Decades um, lets you select your favorite uh, favorite decade. So uh, Amy Gray, if she's listening, she maybe pick from the uh, the nineties or the two thousands, um, <laughs> and uh, John Gannon can uh, can pick a sixties uh, specialist Hurdle. Um, but Hurdle the original um, is going away on the fifth of May, so you've just got the last few days to get in there. Yes. Well, of course, very comparable to Julian's Inch of Music on Breakfast. Which clearly got there first, by Um, several years. (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, I think it's probably the third time he's brought it out, and um, it's still as popular as ever. Very good. Uh, Moving on, Samsung, uh, mobile phone manufacturer, amongst many other things, but mobile phones in this context, is considering using Bing, uh, Microsoft's search engine, as the default for their devices instead of Google search. And of course, pretty much all Android devices at the moment ship with Google search uh, out of the box. (laughs) They're considering a change. Well, of course, it's, it's, it's considering it at the moment. Um, they haven't said what they're going to do. It might just be some um, shaking the cage to see how much uh, Google t- take note and possibly uh, come to a better financial agreement because, of course, there will be money involved with uh, <laughs> the search provider being paid by the phone vendor to include them in in the devices as the default. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's going to be a little bit of bidding war between Google and Microsoft as to who is uh, occupying that magnifying glass on Samsung devices soon. And, and I do sort of, and I guess most people will not change the default. So no. whatever your phone ships with, most people will, will stay. I wonder how many people, though, search from their phone's home screen versus searching in the web browser. So certainly my normal thing is that I pop open Chrome uh, yes. on my on my device and then search in there. But uh, you find you suddenly end up in a rabbit hole because Chrome suggests a whole of things that might be interesting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's the uh, the swipe left on the home screen uh, yeah, problem. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do wonder if this will 
this will actually lead to a change, um, or whether in reality it will—it's just Samsung trying to position their, position themselves in a, a slightly better negotiating pl- position next time their uh, their and, contracts and, with Google come up. And to be honest, if you want to try Bing on your device, and this re- is regardless of manufacturer of device, if you've got a smartphone, you can run Bing on it. You just find that in your app store of choice. So you'll be able to yep. find it in the Google Play Store, the um, Apple iTunes Store, Apple App Store, as well as in the Samsung App Store. And, and I would I would say and it, it used to be that that Bing was was pretty pretty horrendous. They've they've got a lot better in oh, the yes. last few years. Um, I I would say regardless of which one you think is better, having more than one common search provider in the same way as having more than one common web browser is only a good thing for the yes. whole of the internet and for everyone. Yes. You, you never want to market where where literally there is one uh, one provider because then you're beholden to their decisions. If there are competitive providers, then hopefully they'll both get better and everyone will win. Yeah, it means everyone has a choice. And also, you know, different search engines are going to give you different, potentially different results. Yep. And if you are researching something, check both. Check all of them. <laughs> yeah, very much. Uh, sticking with Samsung for just a second, and we'll uh, we'll kind of dive into this a little bit more in uh, in the second part of the show. Um, but they've also uh, teased their new Galaxy Ring, um, which is a new health tracking platform uh, based on yeah, as it sounds, a ring that you put on. Yes. So if if you prefer to wear uh, wear something around your finger instead of your wrist. Um, then this can monitor your heart rate and your, your blood oxygen saturation and all of that stuff in a, a completely different form factor. So I have certainly seen a number of smart rings um, over the number over the last few years from various manufacturers. A lot of them have been sort of Kickstarters and startups and so on, and n- never really got anything off the ground uh, that you could buy. It's all been proof of concept stuff and not really got anywhere but samsung have now filed a patent and a trademark for the galaxy ring um which will have interesting technologies in it and we'll talk about technologies for measuring uh, body statistics in the second half as you said but could be quite interesting obviously on a ring you're less likely to have a display so the data is yep. going to be displayed on your smart phone or your smart watch or just onto your pc um but of course, you know the thought is: well, if they have, they if they don't do a display, well, how long before we see an Apple ring with a display on it? Yes, and it, certainly, it's the the technology exists, particularly with some OLED displays. And um, the other thing is: do you always need a display? So maybe yeah. if you're just going out for a run, going out for a cycle, you want to capture all of that data, but you don't necessarily care about it then and there. You just want to be able to look at it when you're at home, feed into your next bit of your training plan, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so sometimes, you know what, data capture, that's that's all you need. And certainly, I mean, we'll talk about uh, step trackers uh, in the second half, but my best ever step tracker I had uh, until smartwatches became better was something that had a very basic display, but it still yep. captured all the data and then it could download it via Bluetooth later. Uh, heading into the gaming world now, uh, do you remember Angry Birds? This yes. I'm, I'm trying to think when Angry Birds was first launched. I think it was about 2000 and probably 12, 2010. I'm going to I'm going to um, guess 2009. Uh, oh, okay, one year out. Uh, Ken <laughs> Bruce will have me. Um, but Angry Birds uh, was made by a studio called Rovio, and Sega 
them of Sonic the Hedgehog, <laughs> even further back, um, have just agreed to buy Rovio for $772 million, about £500 million, um, which is, on on the face of it, a, a huge amount of money. However, that is about 20% down on the amount that Rovio went public for. So a little bit of a, a devaluation there, but still an, an incredible amount of uh, value 14 years later. Yes, yes, and uh, there there had been in talks with a, a, another uh, company to acquire them, and that has been uh, definitely put to bed by Sega concluding today that they would like to, and recommending both boards recommending the transaction goes through to their shareholders. And it, it's interesting because obviously Rovio have a huge amount of of experience making mobile games, making very successful ones. The fact that all of the tech press is saying Angry Birds Maker. <laughs> what have they been doing for the last 10 years? Um, and I'm sure they have, but... That's a good question, but saying that, my dad still plays Angry Birds. Does he? Um, yeah, is, and, is this just the are, sort of the, the reboot and the reboot and the reboot? Well, there are spin-offs from Angry Birds, and it is on pretty much anything that could be a platform for games. Um, and, of course, there were sequels, and they, they they had a movie. I don't know how many Rotten Tomatoes it scored, but... Um, <laughs> um, yeah, they even profitable, had, but... They even had fuzzy toys, and I might have somewhere or other... <laughs> the, angry, the, the Red Angry Bird, bird plush. Yeah, the Red Angry Bird, yes. Yeah, I, I just... I, I can't help but think that's quite a lot of money for someone that doesn't necessarily show much evidence of being able to do it again. I guess uh, it's going to be one of those that we wait and see what uh, what comes of it. Yep. Um, heading over to uh, to the US for a second. Uh, TikTok, we, we sort of spoke about this a little bit uh, a couple of weeks back. And some of the, the concern around TikTok, particularly with, uh, with governments, I think Italy banned TikTok. Um, UK government advised people not to install it on, on government-issued devices. BBC saying the same uh, for most of their users of, uh, of corporate devices. Um, the US, now following, Montana may soon make it illegal to use TikTok in the States. So this isn't, uh, um, isn't just limited to sort of corporate or government devices. They're considering saying you can't operate in Montana at all. I... <sighs> I really don't know how that would be enforced in the, in in a single state in the US, but I think they're going to try. Um, I, I, and, I and guess the cl- the closest thing you can do is whilst TikTok might not have a presence uh, in Montana, Apple and Google both do, and you can exert control over those. They're both yes. American companies, of course, and therefore you can say, okay, Google and Apple, we require you not to put TikTok off, off in, in your app stores or play yeah. stores in, in those states. Yeah, so I guess uh, we will wait and see. <laughs> there might be VPN use by uh, all the teenagers in Montana to work out how to get TikTok working. And, and that, that, is, <laughs> that is the slight risk because, of, of course, um, the, the other similar thing um, for very different reasons, you, you may have heard about the uh, UK government uh, emergency alerts uh, test that's coming up on uh, uh, the 23rd of April. Um, that's triggered lots and lots of news um, alerts of how to disable it. And of course, for most people, maybe that's not quite the outcome. Yeah, there are clearly some legitimate reasons why you might want to. Um, but I, I do wonder whether all of that press has actually been a, a little bit of a, uh, a backfire for, uh, for the government who really want, <laughs> really want everyone to leave it turned on for, for very good reasons. Um, yes. I wonder if 
Montana might be about to to shoot themselves in the foot a little with uh, with this and Either that will show people how to work around it through other state legislatures and um, mm. see some of them other some of the other states following suit. But yeah, we'll keep an eye on that one. Um, moving across to security of your web browser, if you use a Google Chrome, do make sure it is up to date. Now, most of the time, Google Chrome will update itself automatically. And yep, um, it's the exception normally is if you it. haven't closed it for a long time. You right. get that sort of angry orange icon to start with in the top uh, right, and then it yeah, becomes it an redder. angry red icon. <laughs> <laughs> and then you should probably make sure you close it, or you can click the icon and, and say restart Google Chrome. It'll save all your tabs, it'll save all your windows, uh, bring them all back for you. Um, but do remember to do that, as well as, of course, your operating system updates, Windows or Mac OS, depending on, uh, on what you're using. Yeah, um, updates from Microsoft last week so you probably find your windows operating system is, is saying do updates yep. do remember if you're on anything older than windows 10 you are not getting updates if you're in the windows space if you're on an older mac os operating system older than a year or so and you aren't getting updates it's time to start thinking about whether that pc should be allowed to access the internet so this is windows 7 or, or 8 and uh, I'm trying to remember which macOS version is out of support. But if your machine has not had operating system updates for over a year, it's I'd consider probably, it unsafe yeah. for use on the internet. Yeah, probably time to uh, to investigate a, an, an alternative device. You can get some uh, some very reasonably priced sort of secondhand devices if you don't want to uh, to go for an entirely brand new machine. You normally pick something up secondhand for yeah maybe as little as a uh, hundred and fifty two hundred pound for uh, particularly a kind of ex office computer. Yes, that's maybe a two or three years old. And anything that's Anything that's within four years will be able to run Windows 11. Anything that's within 10 years will be able to run Windows 10. Yep. Pretty much a rule of doesn't, thumb. Doesn't need to be the, uh, the the very latest, highest performance machine for it to still be very useful and uh, keep, keep it secure as well. Speaking of Windows, um, Windows 11. Uh, we're going to get some uh, some new updates to that later in the year. This is their kind of twice yearly or annual feature release uh, as part of a twice yearly sort of major update. Um, and we might uh, might get some new window rearrangement stuff. This this almost harks back to the days of uh, Program Manager on Windows 3.1, if you remember that. <laughs> um, yes, the Windows 11 Snap Assist feature, which exists today, as you drag and certainly works... Uh, if you've got more than one screen, uh, or if you have lots of windows open and you drag them around your screen trying to organize your life to see more than one thing at once, automatically pops up and allows you to do things like snap windows into corners so that you can basically put four windows uh, into the four corners of your screen very quickly and easily, and they'll all be exactly a quarter of the screen. Um, and um, it, it just makes things a little bit easier to, to manage your life. Across multiple windows, it's quite clever. It allows you to do things like move a window over, occupy half of the other screen, and tile everything else. Things like that. What I, I, have, I have to say, this is this is part of a trend towards larger single monitors and things like the ultra-wide monitors yes. where, you know, before in the days of kind of 17, 19-inch monitors, typically if you were working on one thing, you might have it maximised, filling the whole screen, and that was totally reasonable. Um, now, 
with things like 34-inch ultra-wide monitors, you don't want that being one web page. It's just a, a complete waste of space and your eyes can't, can't scan over that much text very comfortably. So actually dividing up one screen into multiple areas is becoming more and more important yes. uh, as we're seeing that, you know, that larger monitor technology. So what Microsoft have got coming later in the year is an AI, machine learning driven smart snap layout, which has been spotted in some of the preview builds, uh, which is supposed to learn how you use your applications and start to suggest better ways to lay things out. Or just simply remember that when you had your favorite productivity tools open. Word and web browser or something like that yeah or if you work in graphic design and you've got lightroom open and a web page and maybe an excel spreadsheet to keep track of the work you're doing how you want those laid out on the screen yep so uh watch out for that coming probably i would imagine about october uh time give or take it depends how the uh, the release process goes but they they normally go for about october of uh, of each year with that update um not to be left out apple uh, they're in the uh, in the news as well because we've got Apple WWDC. This is their Worldwide Developers Conference. Um, it happens in June, and it is normally the one where they they announce a whole load of things, really for their platform developers. So these are the people making apps, making hardware that work with Apple products, um, and they need a little bit of a head start on these announcements so that by the time the uh, the hardware or the software actually goes out to the market you get your latest iphone on the shelves all the app developers have been uh, have been able to get things ready for it of course this also means for us it's a little bit of a sneak preview of what apple have got up their sleeves this year no exception yes yes and uh, the thoughts on things that could be coming from apple are a a mixed reality headset so we're talking augmented oh it's reality. a hololens Oh, it's sorry. a hollow, yeah, basically, or a Google Glass. Yep. <laughs> uh, which will be Apple's first new category of product in over 10 years. And just, just for anyone that's not followed the VR world, mixed reality is where you can see the real world and some virtual reality on top of it. So rather than it's, a, a it's pure VR... It's pilot heads-up display. Exactly. So whereas a pure VR headset, you put it on, you can't see what's around you you can just see what's on the on the virtual screen with mixed reality you can be seeing the things in real life but with extra bits tacked on as well so yes we'll be uh, interested to see what apple managed to pack into a, a headset um how it will run what it will require whether it will require a uh, a supporting apple device to operate it be a macbook be it an iphone or whether it'll be standalone none of this we know until June the uh, what date in June beginning of June uh, when they will be doing the worldwide developer conference a couple of other new things we're going to expect possibly a new operating system new software development kits around new MacBooks new iOS for mobile devices or phones rather a new iPad operating system for iPads Mac OS 14 and also a big update to the Apple watch operating system so keep an eye out for all of those things Right, coming up after the uh, quick break, we'll be talking about health tracking and how you can keep on top of those steps. Cambridge 105 Radio. 
In 1960s Cambridge, the Rolling Stones performed at the Rex Ballroom, Chris Farlow was on stage at the Alley Club, and Helen Shapiro played live at the Regal Cinema. On Sunday mornings, John Gannon takes you back to the swinging 60s with music and memories. John Gannon's 60s scene, Sunday mornings at 8 on Cambridge 105 Radio. Listen live on Radio Player. So, you want to promote and grow your business? Well, here's an idea. Get it in front of more people with a city centre location. Get a stall at Cambridge Market. With thousands of local customers, a stall at our bustling traditional market is the perfect place to promote your business and your products to potential customers. Get a stall from just £10 a day. Visit cambridge.gov.uk slash markets to get your application started today. CKLG Accountants are a friendly team of accountants and tax advisors with big firm expertise. I'm Sarah, one of CKLG's friendly tax advisors. Cambridge has one of the highest proportions of startups and early stage businesses in the UK. If you have an idea for a new business and are ready to get started, we can help you tackle the accounting, tax and financial challenges you will encounter. To find out more, call us on Cambridge 810100 to arrange an initial chat with one of our specialists or visit our website cklg.co.uk cklg accountants your partner in business your partner in life cambridge 105 radio and we're talking gadgets and health tracking gadgets today so the the classic one that everyone's probably used to hearing is oh have you got your steps in today and uh, yeah this is uh, this started from the, yeah, you should try and do your 10,000 steps a day, which seems like quite a large number, <laughs> I suspect, for most of most days. Um, but when that came out, suddenly everyone was thinking, right, how many steps have I done? How many is 10,000? About five I miles. It, it's, quite a, it's quite a long way. Um, but of course, you're, you're not just doing it when you're actually going out for a walk. You're, you're always moving around during the day. And many of us want to know how many we've done. So, how does this all work? How can, how can gadgets help us to keep track of those steps? So, I guess uh, let's look at the technology about how a, a step counter works. And there's a, quite a lot of sophisticated stuff going on, and this is regardless of the type of step tracker. Now, the original pedometers, which is the technical term for oh, a step tracker, yes. um, just had uh, either a mercury switch or something that mechanically moved with your gait and your stride so you had to clip them onto click, your normally click, click, click. Sort of belt and pocket or ankle or something. Exactly. Didn't you? There, there were very specific requirements on where you put these things so that they would work, and they were never that accurate. Uh, we've moved on a long way from there, and there's modern step trackers or fitness trackers that are in your watches, your uh, Fitbits, your other devices that you're using, and even your smartphone are doing a lot of things using a, a device called an accelerometer. And this and is basically measuring how you bounce up and down, isn't it? It, it, it's able to work out where movement is in three directions. So that's up, down, left, right, and and calculate all of that. So it's it's working in, in three dimensions and calculating what that movement means. So there's some clever maths going on behind yep. the behind the chip's data that it's it's producing that can differentiate between walking, running, even these days cycling, yep. uh, riding a motorbike. All of those things can be worked out just by how that chip is moving, whatever the device is the chip is in. 
and of course it's it's not going to necessarily be a hundred percent accurate and i find things like yeah if you're doing the washing up sometimes that clocks up a few steps um yeah doing the gardening that you know sometimes even driving over some of our, our wonderfully uh, bumpy roads at the moment um can all add to things but it's, well, that, it's those really your just heart, your heart rate anyway which is yeah, it basically counts as exercise but yeah the idea isn't to say you've done exactly a thousand and twenty four steps it's instead to say, oh, did I do as much activity today as I did yesterday? Could I yes. do a little bit more this week? Yeah, uh, and, and and tracking those sort of trends is is useful to give you s- yourself an idea about can you improve? If, you, if you're managing what your device records as 10,000 this week, in four weeks' time, could you up that to 11,000? And of course, it's not just that step tracking, that movement tracking, um, which your phone can do even without having any extra hardware. There's also more things that we can measure now with smart technology. So heart rate monitoring is something that's almost universal in any kind of smartwatch or fitness tracking wristband. And this is something that, again, 15 years ago was a specialist medical device that you normally clipped onto your finger or uh, a medical practitioner would use a stethoscope or something like that to listen to your heart rate all over you exactly now it can just go on your wrist and it basically works by reflecting a little bit of light off of the blood flowing in your uh, in your veins so it shines you'll normally see uh, a green light for uh, for heart rate monitoring it shines a green light in that then, depending on how the blood's flowing, will get reflected back slightly differently. And then you can count what your heart rate is and how your heart rate varies. Because it's not just you know, how, hard, uh, how fast it's going, it's how fast it's changing that can reflect a lot of things like stress. Um, and even, in, in some cases, you know, where, whether you need to actually go and spin speak to a medical professional because something isn't quite right yes Um, none of these devices you know should be used on their own as a source of medical advice of course if you're concerned you should go and talk to your doctor but they can be just a other little bit of data that says "Mm, maybe maybe it's time for that appointment so the optical heart rate sensors are called a photoplethysmography device there's a word for you probably not enough letters in your scrabble box to actually make that or fitted on the board. Um, the most accurate way of measuring heart rate is with an electrocardiography device, so that's the electrical uh, measurement, and that's normally done, and you can buy these today, with those chest band devices. Yep. So you'll so see those you... with, with fitness trackers that are designed to, to properly uh, analyse your fitness. There'll be a chest band device to give you that electrical activity which can actually give a more accurate heart rate. And that normally communicates back to a smartwatch or fitness tracker or something like that. So normally you can wear the two together, but if you put the chest band on while you're doing specific exercise rather than just your day-to-day kind of moving around the house, um, then that just enhances that uh, the the data quality. Those yeah. normally come in, the ch- chest uh, bands, by the way, at about £50 extra. We'll come on to the other devices in a sec. Yes. Now we mentioned Samsung are looking at smart rings, so these would be devices that you'd wear on a, a finger and they can use that optical detection to track heart rate and also oxygen levels in your blood, which can be quite useful. Now, your your periphery, your fingers and your toes are quite good places to check oxygen saturation because when uh, you are low in oxygen in your blood, those are the areas that lose oxygen saturation first. Yeah, they're the ones your body determines aren't quite as important as, you know, your brain and your heart <laughs> and your lungs and all of that good stuff. <laughs> yeah, so yeah you, can you can lose a finger or two. No one's going to no mind too much. 
quite useful to keep track of that. So we're, we're all going to be looking for smart rings soon. Uh, pulse oximeters, things that you clip on your finger, you can buy those very cheaply and easily. As you and said earlier, they are a good guideline, but do not take them as a complete medical diagnostic tool. They are to give an idea before attaching the more expensive devices to someone. And of course, we are starting to see pulse ox being incorporated into more and more smart watches. That tends to be even less accurate than the ones that you can buy that clip on your finger. But of course, much more convenient. Uh, a lot of smart watches will, particularly overnight as you're asleep, um, will measure how much oxygen's in your blood. Again, it's it's not perfectly accurate, but it's a good indication of whether your fitness is you know improving or declining over time. And then you can. Yeah, do something about it, hopefully. Yes, so plenty of options on that. Now, um, if you don't want to go for a smartwatch, and, and maybe you've got a smartwatch already, think about looking at the apps and, and techniques, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Maybe you, you don't want to go for a full-blown smartwatch. Maybe fitness tracking is something that's starting to be interested to, uh, yeah, of interest to you. What sort of options have you got? Well, the classic one, um, and this was the one of the brands that really started uh, started the world of personal fitness tracking off, um, and that is Fitbit. Uh, they are still around, um, and they are still a very uh, sort of minimalist, compact approach to to fitness tracking. Um, they do do full on smartwatches, but they also do much much slimmer, uh, you know, and cheaper devices compared to uh, a lot of the you know the the major brands of smartwatch so um i'm just looking for uh for 50 quid for the the uh, be uh, the best priced fitbit that will be either the ace 3 or the inspire 2 both coming in at 50 quid and including they are a minions hot. edition of the uh, ace 3 by the way for the kids yes just absolutely saying. um they are heart rate trackers as well as step counters they're going to give you all of those basic things it is a watch so it does tell you the time so yep. it can actually be more than just a thing you stick on to go for a walk. You could could wear it all the time. Um, and the, the app that comes with these that you run on a smartphone to, to download the data is, is pretty respectable. It's going to tell you lots of useful things about, about your activity. And of course, these do also come with some of the basic smartwatch features. So you can get simple notifications. So um, yeah, something from your phone onto your watch that says, hey, you've got a new email, somebody's phoning you, you've got a text message. Um, you know, it's not not as interactive as a full smartwatch, but nonetheless, it can be that useful little nudge that you need to actually go and get your phone out and, uh, and have a look at it properly. Um, so very small devices starting, as you say, about £50, going up oh. to the likes of the Fitbit Charge uh, at around £130. Yeah, these are still very good value for a, a pretty competent device. Now, um they're not so that certainly the the uh, smaller units things like the inspire are not smartwatches so they have 10 days battery life so yep. unlike that idea of smartwatches need charging every day or two you don't have that problem they can track more than just walking and running so a lot of things can now track things like swimming cycling nice. and other fitness exercises you you find that some of them you can even say i'm doing uh, circuits in the gym now and it will track things differently. I'm doing yoga. It will track things differently. So uh, worth having an explore about what sort of activities you'd like to track uh, when you are looking at devices. Yeah, very nice. Um, if Fitbit isn't the uh, isn't the brand that you want to go for, there are plenty of alternatives, um, some of them even coming in uh, 
you know, cheaper than uh, the than the Fitbits, um, but also some that might go nicely with a smartphone that you've got already. So, for example, the Huawei Band Seven um, is uh, is one of their sort of very much Fitbit styled devices, somewhat slimmer than a uh, a normal smartwatch. Um, similarly, the likes of the you know Garmin make a huge range of uh, of sort of fitness tracking and smartwatch devices, really focusing on those. Uh, kind of health data side of things um, more than the likes of maybe an, an Apple Watch does. Yes, and of course, smartwatches um, are packed full of health tracking tools and techniques. We've we've spoken about the likes of the uh, Samsung Galaxy Watch and Apple Watches with all of their technology in them. Apple uh, being one of the first that came out with technology that could detect irregular heartbeats and give you a suggestion that maybe you want to see a a medical professional to have things checked out and of course the final thing on uh the sort of as you move around fitness tracking side of things is that you might not need to get anything new at all because modern smartphones can do a lot of fitness tracking on the phone so if you're somebody who walks around with your phone in your pocket all the day uh, you can't track your heart rate because that needs that extra sensor but you can absolutely track how many steps you're doing how much you're moving how much you're you're spending sitting in one position for an ex- uh, extended period of time and that's true of both android uh, but also iphone so if you have either of those devices then Actually, you might start getting uh, getting a bit of a head start on your uh, your fitness journey just by using the features on your phone. Obviously, we'll, you do have to keep it on you. And we'll talk about how you do that after the break. Cambridge 105 Radio. Wednesday evenings on Cambridge 105 Radio is when we champion the Cambridge music scene. Tom Lumley of the band Tom Lumley and the Brave Liaison. There'd always be 12 people from other bands going down to each other's gigs. And it wasn't just be part of Hollow Stars Classic Rock or Searching Grey's Indie. These people then started going to watch all of our gigs, singing the words to each other's songs and making it a good atmosphere. You could see it in the fact that it went from struggling to sell enough tickets for the corner house to selling out J2. New Music Generator with Tim Willett, Wednesday at 7 on Cambridge 105 Radio. Listen live on Radio Player. An estimated one in five of us has had suicidal thoughts, but no one wants to talk about it. If someone is suffering, they're not going to pick up the phone and come to you. They're not going to knock on your door. You have to go to them. Asking about suicide won't prompt someone to kill themselves. In fact, it will probably help. If you knew someone was vulnerable, would you ask directly about suicide? I have been able to say on a couple of occasions, are you feeling suicidal right now? Both times they've said yes. And as I've said before, it's almost as if it's the first time they've probably admitted it to themselves. Learn how to have a life-saving conversation at stopsuicidepledge.org. Make a pledge and sign up for a Stop Suicide training workshop. I'd ask, would you? Nick Wombs Professional Painting and Decorating Services is your local award-winning decorating business with a great reputation. Our professional and friendly team can cover all aspects of decorating for domestic, commercial and industrial properties. So whether it's a bedroom makeover or an entire office block that needs repainting, we'll get the job done on budget and on time. Check us out on Facebook or Instagram at Nick Wombs Professional Painting and Decorating Services to see pictures of our work. 
back or call us today on 07794 516 291. Ah, the sensual pleasure of vinyl. LPs and EPs, gatefold sleeves, picture discs, 12-inch singles. If the very thought turns you on, make sure you join us on Sunday, April the 23rd for the Cambridge Record Fair. We'll have thousands of vintage vinyls, shellac 78, and even CDs too. And admission is a meagre £5 with profits helping Strawberry Fair and Cambridge 105 Radio. The Cambridge Record Fair, Sunday the 23rd of April from 11am at the NCI Sports and Social Club, Holland Street, Cambridge. See you there. And we're talking all about health tracking gadgets and how you can keep on track of those steps, keep on track of your, your goals, whatever they might be for your, uh, for your personal fitness. And we've talked about you know, various smartwatches, fitness trackers that you wear on your wrist, on your finger. And of course, just your simple smartphone can help you track a lot of things as well. Yes. Yeah, so if you've got a smartphone, have a look in your app store of choice for things like Google Fit if you're using an Android device, Samsung Health if you've got a Samsung Samsung device, Huawei have got Huawei Health, uh, and Apple Health on iPhones. All of those apps are designed to use all of the sensors that are available in your phone, and if you've got a smartwatch, to combine that data as well, uh, to give you that overview of your health and well-being. A lot of them include these days uh, things around stress and mental health as well as also, as you said earlier, reminding you to occasionally get up and move away from your desk or drink water. Uh, and of course, these these apps don't just work on their own. They also integrate with a lot of the other fitness tracking ecosystems. So uh, certainly Google Fit will integrate with things like Strava. Um, so yeah, if you do want to bring all of your health data together in one place, um, then that's uh, that's something you can do as well. Of course, it's not just about health tracking as you move around, as you do your daily activities. There's other bits of health that you might want to track as well, things like your blood pressure. So blood pressure is becoming very easy to track at home and very accurately. And uh, these days I'd recommend Omron as one of the better blood pressure monitors you probably find if you've been to your gp recently yes they are seeing people again uh in person they might have if they checked your blood pressure use an omron blood pressure tracker and the reason that omron has got into gp surgeries is they have actually done all of the work to get their devices clinically approved and accurate so that when it is used it is giving a result that hospital grade equipment would actually get the same sort of results uh, and I would say, if you are looking for, for one of these devices, whether Omron or another brand, do check the British Heart Foundation list yes. of approved blood, blood, blood pressure monitors because they have gone and tested all of these separately to the manufacturers uh, and made sure they do give uh, sensible results. And of course, a blood pressure monitor can be something as simple as a thing you strap generally, strap around an arm, and it shows you on the display when you push the button but also that can integrate into that fitness tracking ecosystem can't it yes. so many of these devices now have bluetooth and that means you can track your blood pressure on your smartphone over time you know is it improving is it you know maybe you're doing certain things and that's triggering a, your blood pressure to go up or down you can then try and work on that to keep it within that kind of optimum range for you absolutely uh, boots have got a i swear it's not an omron own branded one for about 20 pounds um which is just effectively an omron that's been rebadged for them um the omron genuine that looks about the same as that is about double the price but 
yeah, do shop around. And as you said, check British Heart Foundation's uh, web listing. If you just search for um, approved blood pressure monitors or NHS approved, you'll find plenty of details on the ones that have been clinically verified as giving you an accurate result. Bear in mind that the upper arm blood pressure monitor measurement is more accurate than the wrist-based ones. A lot of the wrist-based ones are quite cheap, but they're a little bit less accurate. Yep. And then finally, smart scales. Um, And certainly many of us could uh, do with maybe being just a a kilogram or two lighter than uh, than we are. Um, But again, this is something you can bring into that personal health ecosystem. So you can get scales now that have Bluetooth uh, integrated in them. Often they can uh, they can detect different people standing on them. So maybe if you've got a, a family, um, you don't need to actually say it's Rob standing on these scales. It will just know based on the the last weight yeah, that you, you were you, you and can't maybe your have partner. Lost the the amount of weight to vary to change into the other person basically. Exactly. So yeah, do look out for smart scales. Again, it can give you those nice graphs over time so that you can see your progress towards your uh, your goal weight. The more advanced ones, of course, do body composition. Yes, it is measuring fat, Um, but they do more than measuring fat. They measure fat, amount of water in your blood and uh, the rest of your body, and also bone density. And those can be quite useful numbers to track because we all know that muscle weighs more than fat. So as you lose fat and gain muscle, your weight might go up. And a lot of people might be by starting exercise and and then their weight goes up and not realising that they're actually turning the fat into muscle. Okay, it doesn't happen straight away like that, but they are changing their body's composition. So being able to track body composition, yes, those are a little bit more expensive, but fairly interesting stats to be able to track and bring all of that into those health apps as well. Yeah, Withings is a very well-respected brand in that uh, that space. Fitbit, they're at it as well. Uh, And FitTrack, so uh, several models to, uh, to look out for. That's all we've got time for on today's episode of The Gadget Guide. We'll be back in a couple of weeks' time with all the latest technology news. The Gadget Guide on Cambridge 105 Radio.